You are listening to Creating Phenomenal for Your Life, episode number 14, Asking Better Questions. This is Creating Phenomenal for Your Life. I'm your host, Dina George, MD, a lover of learning, a life and weight loss coach, and a family medicine doctor. This podcast is about mindset. What contributes to a life that thrives versus one that is stuck? We'll talk about many things, some related to coaching, some related to health, and some related to your questions, thoughts, and prompts. The ultimate goal of this podcast is to celebrate where we're at and give form to where we're going in our perfectly imperfect journey to a phenomenal life. And give high fives along the way. Thanks for being here. Welcome back. I'm glad you're here today. It is me and the dog, so if you hear some snoring in the background, that's them saying hello. <laughs> it is finally fall, or at least it looks like it wants to be fall here in Central Texas, and I gotta tell you, I'm glad. I'm ready for a new season and a cooler season. An update on football, our team is 3-1, and one, and we're going into homecoming soon. And I think that's the biggest news. If you haven't heard... I am offering a course for you to sleep better, like no joke, better sleep, longer sleep, higher quality sleep. It is an online video course and it's titled better sleep for high achievers and overthinkers. It is ready for you. So if you are ready for it, email me Dina at georgemdcoaching.com and I will send you the link. It is totally complimentary. All right. So on to our show today. Do you ever notice our minds like to bring up questions and generally repeat the same ones over and over again? Sometimes there's an answer, but not always. Usually these questions bring in other questions and they're all intended to really engage our attention, stop our actions, keep us focused right there, not move on. And are you ready for this? We stay stuck and usually overwhelmed. So remember, and we've talked about this in a few podcasts, Our primitive mind is not wired for change. It doesn't want it. It doesn't want to risk anything. It wants comfort, predictability, and safety. So today, we are looking at giving our minds a new job, specifically the job of asking better questions. And we're defining better as satisfying questions that can not only be answered, but serve as the fuel to more for our lives. So the fuel to take the next steps to whatever we're moving towards. One summer when I was 14, our family went on a vacation. We were at some hotel that had this huge pool. So I remember my mom and I walking out to the pool, picking out one of the deck chairs and noticing that everyone was sitting around the pool. Nobody was in it. And the water was perfectly still. The sky was overcast, but it was quite unusual and it was definitely warm enough to swim. So what did I do? As a 14-year-old, I walk over to the diving board and decide, I'm going to swim. Maybe people just need to see somebody go first. Get on the diving board. I jump in. I land. Come up. And over the loudspeaker, the lifeguard announces, the pool is closed. Please get out of the pool. (laughs) The tone was not friendly. (laughs) I can remember this like it was yesterday. And I thought, oh. Oh my. (laughs) So I get up out of the pool, walk over to where my mom is sitting, grab a towel, and immediately my mind is flooded with, 
Why did I do that? Why didn't anyone stop me? Why didn't I know what was going on? What am I going to do? Why did this happen? I tried to say that with a little 14-year-old drama. (laughs) So notice in these questions how they can propagate themselves, how you can really hear the fear and the shame, and how they bring in other questions that are all implying the same thing. Be afraid, doubt yourself, be uncertain, feel bad. And can you see that there's really no good answer to any of these questions, no matter which question you pick? So why didn't anyone stop me? Answering that from the perspective of a 14-year-old, I can come up with a few things. They wanted me to look stupid, maybe. Or they didn't want to miss the show. Now this is back pre-technology, so people usually were either talking or reading a book. Or maybe they just wanted to see how the lifeguard was going to react. Anything satisfying about those answers? I don't think so. So my mind gave itself a job, and the job was to flood forward with all of these thoughts and all these questions. And here's what they have in common. It's all past-focused, not fruitful, and nothing can change at that moment. So I'd already jumped in the pool. That's done. I've walked over. I'm sitting down. That's done. Nothing can change in this moment. And there's also nothing satisfying or helpful about the answers. So maybe I could call everyone a jerk, and I probably did at the time, but even that wasn't satisfying. It didn't take away any of these thoughts or these questions that were coming up. And you'll notice within those questions, I'm the victim. I've got no power. All of the power is held by others. So I've given them power on how they want to look at me or judge me, and I'm judging myself, how they want to react to me, what's going to happen to me. Everybody else has the power. So no satisfying choices of what to do in that moment come up either because, again, these questions are really focused on blame, doubt, uncertainty. So here were the choices my mind could come up with. Sit in shame or run away. (laughs) That's all I got. So here's another example, and this is from a job that I resigned from in the past. The questions that my mind came up with regularly were, why is it this way? Why do they continue to make these decisions? Why can't they see? How can this continue to happen? Why am I here? Do you notice any similarities between the pool and the job example? That the questions are blaming? They're fueled with powerlessness? They put me as the victim because they are doing it and I am not able to make any choices? My mind would continue to feed up on these same questions over and over and hundreds of others just like it. And I'll tell you, it was exhausting. And I think this is what burnout is. So it's unproductive. It didn't serve me well. It didn't serve others well. And get this, it didn't offer up that each day I stayed and worked there, I was choosing it. So I had no idea. I put myself in the role of victim rather than somebody who consciously made a choice to engage every single day. My mind was choosing comfort and convenience over aligning with my values on what right looks like. So looking at it from an even more basic perspective, I was choosing to allow the same questions to come up, the same thoughts and the same responses, and the same daily structure. That's where I was putting my power into letting somebody else decide what my reality was going to be like. 
And it was all based on the questions that I was asking myself or my mind was bringing in for me to look at, continue to look at, and answer. Here's the question that I think gets most of us, and as my son would say, just feels bad. The question of, why me? Why did this happen to me? And that's a tough question. I see it a lot as a doctor. I think it's one of the fundamental questions when somebody comes in to see me or if I'm in the hospital, it's one of the fundamental questions. And there really is no satisfying answer because it just feels bad. And it's the default of the mind to make things personal. So if your mind is like mine, it attaches to what we're most afraid of. It brings it up and it puts it right in front of us and says, here, look at this. So things like being seen by others as too much or judged by others as irresponsible or too loud or incompetent or uncaring or whatever else we don't want to be seen as. And our mind does it through the questions that come up and it starts to slap these walls around us to protect us. It shows us that we need to be protected because it's scary and vulnerable. We're not safe. So create a wall, change yourself, hide, move, isolate. That tends to be the messages. And whatever you do, don't be yourself because you, yeah, you really are too much. You're not. I'm just giving some examples. <laughs> so those questions, those responses, they imply, they reinforce that there is something wrong and that you need to change it because that's survival. You need to protect yourself. You need to hide. You need to wall off or isolate. So deep breath, <laughs> pause. Recording this is awesome because I find my mind just kind of wants to swoop in and start doing the same thing over and over again. And it brings up these questions from a simple default place. Same questions, tweaked a little bit for the current situation. And that place is the, the place of fear, doubt, and uncertainty. So when we aren't swept up in a situation, like say when we haven't just jumped in the pool <laughs> and listened to the lifeguard over the loudspeaker announce that the pool was closed due to lightning in the area, <laughs> It's easy to see what these thoughts look like, that they're kind of ridiculous and the questions are kind of ridiculous and they're isolating and they're intended to judge ourselves because we probably don't want to be judged by others. They're intended to overwhelm and keep us stuck, retreat to a place of safety or comfort. So right now I have this image of stepping in a huge pile of crazy glue. Do you remember crazy glue? The stuff that could put two things together, like it didn't matter what they were, it could cement them together. So I'm imagining that there's a pile on the ground and I step in it. And now my shoe is stuck. It is not moving, like it's seriously stuck. And all I can focus on is that I can't move with my shoe. And oh my gosh, what's going to happen? And here's my focus Why did this happen? Why didn't I notice? Why didn't somebody warn me? Why is everyone looking at me? How am I going to get my shoe out of this undamaged? As though there's some way to go back and make it like it never happened. All similar questions, right? And you'll notice none of these questions acknowledge the current situation. My shoe and the cement are now attached. Those questions don't open up to the important questions like, what's next? What choices are available to me? 
or what's funny about this? Because I'll tell you, this stuff happens to me all the time and it is quite funny. Whether it's gum, (laughs) crazy glue, something else. And what's funny might be, oh yeah, I found the glue. (laughs) Or there's something about this for me to learn or to share or to remember. Like maybe somebody's having a lousy day and they're going to be amused by the fact that I have now stepped in crazy glue and my shoe is cemented. (laughs) I could also look at it as an opportunity for problem solving and grow those skills and perhaps be entertained in the meantime while I'm learning. So asking better questions means to stop fighting with reality. Because when we ask the basic questions that automatically come up, we pretend that we can go back. We pretend that those questions matter. We give them importance. Those questions tell us that we have no power or choice and we allow that. The questions carry blame and shame and we accept it. And the natural answer is to isolate and create new walls because we never want to feel this way again. We never want to experience this way again. And we have to respond by hiding because it's just us. Those questions tell us that we have to react to the circumstances in our life every time. And the truth is none of that is true. So asking better questions means accepting what is and not trying to change it and not changing ourselves in reaction to it. I'm going to say it again, not trying to change it and not changing ourselves because we do not have to react. So why did I jump in the pool? Because I wanted to swim. That's it. Why didn't people tell me? Because they didn't. Period. I can go back and come up with all kinds of reasons, but none of them are helpful. And I don't feel better by criticizing people around me. I also know that I want my worldview to be filled with people who have love and kindness. That's it. That's how I want my world to look like, and that's what I want to look for. So what are better questions? All right, here's a clue. They're the, exactly the ones that our mind wants to resist in the moment. <laughs> there are questions like, what would bring peace at this moment? What is great about this situation? What is mine to own and to repair? What can I learn? How can I be uncomfortable and still be okay? What are three options I have right now? What kindness can I offer the situation, someone else, or myself? How can I accept this just as it is, without having to change it, without it having to be different? And you'll notice the difference in the tone of the questions. There's no urgency. There's no hiding. There's no running away. There's no fear and no doubt. It doesn't imply that we should be anything or that this shouldn't have happened. These are the questions that serve as fuel to something greater. They keep the power within us. They challenge us to look differently. They challenge us to calm ourselves. To reinforce that it doesn't matter what happens to me, it's what happens within me. 
you'll note that it's never a matter if the old questions come up. It's a matter of when. And now you have more evidence, more thought, and more capability to plan for when they do come up. You can respond no matter how you want. You can keep the same questions floating around. Just know that they have no end. There's nothing satisfying. And all of your energy will stay right there outside of you. You can also do something differently by acknowledging the current thoughts and current questions that are coming up and then just smiling and decide where you want to take your mind rather than where your mind is taking you. You can decide what kind of ride you want to go on, one that's going to spin you around and spit you out or one that's actually going to end up at a destination that you want to go to because you choose differently and that's how you get different results. You lead your mind, and you lead it in a way with confidence and courage and the ability to satisfy and be okay with no matter what situation you're in. So if this is an introduction into mindset and choices, then know that the first time that you hear it or you try it, it may not make sense and it may not be comfortable, and that's okay. Because like we talked about in last week's podcast, we grow through the discomfort and because of the discomfort. And managing the mind at first is uncomfortable. And managing the mind, especially when the default setting is to do it one way and we want to decide to do it differently, it's uncomfortable and that will fade over time. And your strength and your resilience and your courage are what grows And that's what leads to a life that is phenomenal. I'm sending you a high five. So glad to be on your team. Wishing you a beautiful fall. And I'll see you next time.